0: Welcome to the Youngson Legacy Podcast Saw's Alumni Series by Eden Cho. Please excuse occasional sound problems due to poor network connections while recording. Hello Youngson Legacy audiences, I'm Eden Cho and will be a, a MC for the Youngson Legacy Podcast. Uh, today we have Tony uh, to share his, his experience at SAS, Saw American High School. Um. Hello, Tony. Good to see you. Hi. How's it going? Great. Um. So I just want to start from your um, basic introduction and and generally how you got to SAS and how long did you stay here in Korea? Uh.
1: So, my dad was active duty army uh, for a long time, and I was actually born uh, at Yongsan um, Army Garrison Hospital way back in the day, um, and then. When I was like 12 or 13, we moved back. So that was 1991 to 1993. I was there. Um, Yeah. And yeah, that was the first time I had been back there since I was born. And I don't remember any of it because we moved when I was six months old. So that was really my first exposure to living overseas. Then what was SARS like in the 90s? Um, I mean, it was a high school. We had, we had kids, it, it, I guess it was a little bit of a different high school because it was seven through 12, grade seven through 12 and not grades nine through 12 necessarily. So it was kind of like a junior high school and a high school, but, um, the seventh and eighth graders were kind of, I feel like they were kind of separated from the rest of the high school because they probably would have gotten eaten alive. Uh, but, um, other than that, it was kind of a typical high school. I mean... Had your different groups of, of friends, and you had your cliques and, and all those other things. So um, it was a little bit different because I, I actually went to three different high schools, and I'm sure a lot of other um, military brats can relate to that. So uh, I went to a high school my freshman year, and then sophomore and junior year, I went to SAWS, and then my senior year, I went to another high school. Um, it, For me, I guess looking back on it now, it definitely was a little bit different because, you know, we were all kids of either active duty service members or government employees. So maybe we weren't quite as wild as teens at stateside schools. I mean, I guess when I came back to the States for my senior year, it was – a little bit of a shock
0: just because it was so different from living overseas. I see. Then, how was Yongsan in Korea like in the 90s?
1: Um, You know, I, I guess I don't really have a, a comparison necessarily, but um, so 1991 was three years after the 1988 Seoul Olympics. So there was a, a lot going on in Seoul and Yongsan at the time, um, you still saw a lot of, like, 88 Seoul cabs on the streets. Um, yeah, there was definitely still a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, evidence of the, of the Olympics being there. Um, but, I mean, it was, it was, it was cool. I mean, I, I don't really, again, I don't really have anything to compare it to, but, I mean, I, I enjoyed my time there, certainly.
0: Because um, if it was 1991, um, it was only a few years after the Korean was democratized. So while you were still li- um, while you went to school inside a U- uh, US Yungs and Garrison, which is basically inside a I call it as a cultural war, which we were just separating um, the community from the outside Korea. Um, then was there anything you felt about like politics going on or any like student demonstration on the streets? Did you have any like any impacts from these events?
1: I mean, I don't know if I would say they were impacts. I mean, I was like 13, 14 years old. I didn't really mm-hmm. care about politics back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stayed mostly um, on base. So I actually lived in Hanam Village mm-hmm. back then. And um, I, I kind of stayed inside the fences for the most part, unlike a lot of my friends um, who went out to Itaewon and all the stuff that people in Taiwan do, but um, I, I the one thing that does stand out to me was, um, in the spring, coming home from school when the college students would riot and, and the riot police would be out on the street, um, ready to take on the students and and seeing, you know, Molotov cocktails being thrown at the riot police and you know all of those other things, um, from inside my safe little walled fence in Hanam village Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean that was really obviously the the most um, different thing that I I saw over there um, because you don't really see that here regularly at least you didn't back then so that that was definitely an interesting moment
0: Um, then how was your encounter with Korean culture because um, you told me that you um, was living in Hanam village so, I was curious about how you reacted with Korean culture as well.
1: Um, you know i don't i don't I don't know how to answer that question how I reacted with Korean culture. It was I mean definitely different because again as although I was born in Korea, I moved when I was six months old. so I essentially grew up as an American kid um, and then going to South Korea. I mean, it's definitely an adjustment for anybody who lives their entire life in one country and then suddenly moves to another. Um, Maybe it helped a tiny bit because my mom is Korean, but, I mean, there's so many things culturally in Korea that, you know, you just don't get to experience until you live there. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm a fairly flexible person and can adapt pretty well. So, while I may have had a little trouble adjusting for a bit it didn't take too long to adjust to living there
0: then so you were um, uh, your mother was Korean uh, your mother is Korean and your father is American mm-hmm. then was there any other um I'd call it a culture difference you feel inside your home because uh, your mom and dad was from different places
1: um yeah I mean there were definitely some cultural differences. Um, growing up but I think I think both of them you know although they had their moments where the cultures would clash you know they both made it work you know they're still married today so mm-hmm. um, they just yeah. figured out a way to make it work um, you know my mom for a long time was a practicing Buddhist mm-hmm. and then at some point she converted to Christianity mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm sure, when she was practicing Buddhism it, it was a little bit of a different perspective for my dad to experience um, but again they made it work they're still married so.
0: I see then um, you told me you're, you're like you essentially grew up in America so you just grew up as other American kids then when you first came to Korea and uh, back then, internet was not as developed as right now. How was your um, encounter or how did you keep in touch with American teenage culture or, or American media in general?
1: Um, I will I will say, first of all, um, I wasn't just like all the other American kids because most American kids don't eat kimchi. So <laughs> um definitely wasn't um, just like all the other American kids. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, keeping up with American culture while in Korea, um, you know, I don't I don't know how we did. I mean, certainly there were some things that were different, but, you know, we had music videos back then when things like MTV showed music videos. Um, I, I believe MTV was available um, through cable of some sort back then because I, I do remember watching some music videos and keeping up on some of the things that were happening back then in terms of music and culture and other things like that um, we were able to keep up on TV shows to a certain extent so um, yeah it wasn't it wasn't too difficult I mean we kind of had our own culture right mm-hmm. because we're all military kids or US government kids living in a foreign country together mm-hmm. so we kind of had our own thing going on mm-hmm.
0: then um when you went back to the state did you feel any culture the with? Um, your experience in SAAS and the uh, your peer groups in, in the state.
1: Yeah, it was really weird going back. It was really weird. You know, I was a freshman in high school um, when I started high school. And then, like I said earlier, we moved to Korea during my sophomore and junior years, which I feel like in high school is the time where you really start like finding yourself a little bit. You start, I don't want to say growing up, but I'm going to say growing up a little bit. Oh, yeah. And you find that group of friends. At least Mm -hmm. that's what happened to me. Um, So going back to the States for my senior year was really weird Mm -hmm. um, because I I was a different person at that point. I had spent two years Mm -hmm. in a different country, Mm -hmm. right? With, with, with kids who were like me. Um, And then going back to the States, it was just a, it was an odd thing. It was, it was weird. I did not enjoy my senior year of high school (laughs)
0: very much at all. Um. then um, how about your racial identity impacted your childhood and the rest of life and did SAAS have any impacts on your understanding of these issues
1: um I don't know um I don't know if living there and going to SAAS had any impact necessarily on my racial identity I mean if anything else um I had more friends that were like me, you know, who are like half Korean and half, you know, whatever else. There were a lot more of us there, certainly. Um, But in terms of my identity, I don't know. I don't know how much living there actually shaped how I feel about myself now. Um, I'm still kind of in a weird space and I'm a grown man at this point. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm Korean. I'm also black. So it, it's been a lifelong journey to figure out who exactly I am. But, you know, I, I, I am who I am, really.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also, because um, I think there are clearly some, like I would call it as a, a generation difference. So for uh, people who graduated SAAS in late 60s or 70s, um, their experience in SARS was quite remarkable in the sense how it was um, embracing toward racial differences because still back then um, US uh, had a lot of racial issues and I mean even today we have it but relatively um, and then how about your um, experience in SARS was different from your experience in the states in terms of these racial issues?
1: Um. You know, honestly, I I can't say how it was different because to be quite honest, I didn't really have a lot of friends my freshman year of high school and then moving to a new school my senior year when all of those people had been together for a few years already. Some of those folks have known each other since elementary school. Um, I didn't really have a lot of friends um, during my senior year. Uh, To be honest, some of the folks that I went to elementary school with were at that high school because I had moved back to a place that I had lived as a child. but we weren't really friends anymore because we had grown so far apart since we had last seen each other. So um, yeah just it, it was it was a it was a weird time again. My sophomore and junior year I had my group of friends in Korea, but my freshman and senior years I didn't really have a group of people I, I hung out with.
0: I see. Um, then what was you, what do you think to be the greatest merit of attending SAS?
1: Um, it's an experience most people don't get. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people who go to school overseas and live overseas, but the vast majority of people never leave the country where they're born, you know, much less go to school and live in another country for a certain period of time. So, I mean, that for me... Is a part of my life that I will remember fondly forever. Um, you know, I I still connect with people now that I went to high school with, um, and we all have that one thing in common. So I mean, really, that that's it for me. Um, it it's taught me how to be adaptable and flexible, and and just kind of being able to handle things as they come.
0: Then. What was your challenge in your experiences in SAWS?
1: My challenge? Well, I mean, there were a lot of challenges. I mean, for me, so I use a wheelchair, I use a power wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And South Korea, I don't know what it's like now because I haven't been there in years, actually, since I left SAWS. But um, it wasn't the most wheelchair accessible place in the world. Um, Hopefully it's better now, but that was a challenge for me. Um, My friends would often go out to Itaewon on the weekends and go to the clubs and party and do all the other stuff that folks go to Itaewon to do. But I couldn't really do that just because I couldn't go out the back gate in Hanam Village because there was a bunch of stairs. Um, Couldn't get out easily anyway. And then going around the, the side gate, I mean, it took you way out of the way to get there and I just I didn't feel comfortable doing that as a kid so um, I stayed in Hanam village a lot you know and then when I, I, I would go to school you know I'd come home but um, I mean that really was my biggest challenge for the most part um, I think now if I were to go now I would be more open and more courageous in terms of
0: going out and exploring the area but back then I didn't feel good about it. And is there any funny episode you want to share with the audiences? Any funny episode <laughs> I want to share with the audience? Oh my goodness. I
1: mean, for those of you that lived in Korea at that time, um, you know, across the street from Saz is the Dragon Hill Lodge, which I guess is still open. I don't know if it is I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um wow. So we, we did what teenagers do. I don't know how they rented the hotel room. I guess somebody was over 18 at that point. Um, and we all got together and grabbed a bunch of really shitty beer and <laughs> got stupid and the MPs were called. <laughs> um, and then our parents were called and you know, that was uh, yeah, that was definitely a moment. I was always kind of a good kid in high school. So getting busted at a party was definitely an experience for me. Mm. I mean, there were spitball fights during lunch um there was a time that my friend and I, he hopped on the back of my wheelchair and we drove through the drive-through at the Burger King that was across the street <laughs> at school. Um, and we ordered food. i don't I don't think they understood what was going on, but they <laughs> gave us our food anyway. So that was fun. i don't I don't remember if I've ever done that again. Definitely, it saw as I did that for sure, um, ordering Burger King through the drive- through in my wheelchair. Um, God, there were so many just little things that that happened, you know, during those two
0: years that I was there, two and a half years. Wow.
1: Um,
0: Then how, then I think one thing really great about um, being abroad and making relations in in foreign countries is your social network becomes really expanded. Um, Then were you able to keep in touch with the SAS alumni after you graduated or it took us a few? few years for you to get in touch with them um
1: so when you know when we all graduated social media wasn't even a thing right and so we had to keep in touch by you know writing letters or calling each other on the phone stuff that most people don't do anymore um but yeah certainly with the spread of social media it's been a lot easier to keep in Contact with people, even if you don't stay in contact mm-hmm. necessarily, you know what they're doing to a certain yeah. extent these days. You know, a lot of the folks I went to high school with now are like you know, career, you know, managers or, or you know, enlisted in the military or you know, fathers and mothers and you know, all of these other things. So it's kind of cool to see where everybody has gone over the years. So mm-hmm. for all of the older folks out there or parents right now, don't worry about your kids. Most of us turned out okay. (laughs) Most of us.
0: Um, Yeah, so these are all the questions that I have for today. Um, Is there anything you want to finally uh, talk to the audiences or you want to share about? Um, If you speak
1: Korean, teach your kids how to speak Korean. (laughs) Because even though my mom's Korean, I can only ask for like water and cigarettes and that doesn't (laughs) get you anywhere. So, um, but other than that, I encourage everybody, if you have an opportunity to live in another country for a while, I mean, I'm assuming most of the folks that will be listening or watching this, um, lived overseas at some point. Um, and if you get an opportunity to do that with your family now, I mean, hopefully you had a good time and Hopefully you get an opportunity to do that with your family now, because it was it was an incredible experience, and you know one again that I'll never
0: forget. Then were you able to visit other countries than Korea? Was I able there? to visit like, other
1: countries while I was in Korea?
0: I mean, I like visited other countries and lived there. Since since Korea? Yeah.
1: After after graduating high school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've been around to a number of countries now. Mm-hmm. Um, I play a sport called power soccer, which is um, soccer for people who use power wheelchairs. Uh-huh. And it's an international sport. So mm-hmm. um, I actually have been able to um, do sports commentary for the sport in various countries around the world. Um, you know, Euro- Places in Europe, places in South America, um, all over the US. I'm supposed to go to Sydney, Australia for the World Cup wow. next year, as long as we don't have it canceled. Wow, um, that's great. So yeah, I've had an opportunity to travel mm-hmm. since leaving Korea, and um, I, you know, I will say the one thing about living in a military family is that, and I'm sure a lot of other people can relate to this. You get this urge. To move every few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of us have resisted that urge. Mm-hmm. I, on the other hand, have not been able to resist that urge. So I, I've moved a lot as well um, since leaving Korea. Um, and, you know, I just love to travel and see other places. So when I go to a, another country, it's, it's fun for me. I love exploring the people, the culture, you know, eating food off of menus that I can't read. I I, I love doing it. And I think not just Korea specifically, but living in a military family in general kind of put that into me.
0: Well, yeah, I think it's really great to move around different countries because um, even in my case, um, I went to, I think, five different elementary schools from three different countries. And and I really liked the experience in general. But at the same time, even if I make new friends every time, um, what I also felt at the same time was um, I didn't have any home where I can physically be rooted into. So what do you think about it? Because there are are clearly benefits and also challenges of moving around.
1: Yeah, um, I would agree with that. I, Although I live in Arizona now in the States, um, when people here ask me where I'm from, I don't really tell them I'm from Arizona. My answer now because I've been here so long is if they ask me, are you from Arizona? I say no, but I've been here long enough that I might as well be. Um, But other than that, I mean, especially years ago when people would ask me if I'm from Arizona or where I'm from, I would tell them that I'm from everywhere because like you said, I'm not really rooted in any one place, whereas a lot of people you know, they grow up in the same place. They, they might live within 100 miles of where they were born. You know, and they have friends from high school that they still talk to today. They, they have elementary school friends. I don't have any elementary school friends, really, that I talk to anymore. I don't even know where they are, most of them, anyway. Um, so, so yeah, I can definitely relate to that.
0: And I can also say that um, your experiences as, a, as being part of a military family, um, clearly impacted your life as moving around different countries and experiencing a lot of new things, right?
1: Oh, for sure. Um, now, to be honest, Korea was the only place I lived um, when I was growing up. Um, but that was overseas. So we didn't really move overseas as much as maybe I, I wish we did. Um, we were supposed to move to Germany when I was at elementary school, but those orders got canceled as a lot of people. probably but after I left my parents' home and went to college, uh, I, just, I just started moving around. All, I, I can't help it. Mm-hmm. It's something I, I need to do. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been back in Arizona for t- two years now.
0: We'll see how long I stay here again. <laughs> then were you able to come back to Korea after uh, living sauce?
1: No, I haven't visited it since then. Um, I'd be interested to see what it's like now, certainly, and I know um, a lot of the folks I went to high school with have been back, or some of them live there now because of whatever reason, either they're stationed there or they just decided to live there, Um, but I haven't seen it since I left.
0: Well, I think it'll be really great for you to visit Korea um, after the pandemic gets over. Um, so I guess this is um all the stories that we have for today. Um, Thank you, Tony, for speaking with me.
1: My pleasure, thanks for asking me to be a part of this. I, I appreciate it. It was a uh, good to think about those days again. So uh, um, yeah, actually, you know what? oh, I just remembered mm-hmm. i was I was traveling out of town for something a week ago. Mm-hmm. and i I met up with an old friend of mine from Saz. Oh wow! And it's the first time I had seen her since mm. since high school, so since
0: 1993. Oh, um, I wish she, she was gets great. to see the episode. Hmm? I wish she gets to see this uh, these episode.
1: Yeah. Um. Hopefully, hopefully, she'll she'll check it out. Mm-hmm. Um. But it was really cool to see her. I hadn't seen her in in, in a long time. We had, we had stayed in contact for a while after I left Korea. Um. You know, I went to college. She went to college, and we wrote letters every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just kind of lost touch with each other. And then, as we talked about before, through social media, we were able to mm-hmm. reconnect a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, again, recently I was out on a trip, and she happened to live in the area. So we got to meet up in person
0: mm-hmm. for the first time wow. forever. And it was yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. yeah. So like interviewing a lot of SAAS alumni, I get, to, I get to see a lot of these experiences. Like they tell me that oh, a week ago, I was able to uh, like coincidentally meet SAAS alumni. Yeah, and, and I think the connection is really great.
1: Yeah, it is. It's awesome. Like you said earlier, I mean, like, you know, people around the world now.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you everyone for um, listening to today's story and thank you again for participating and see you all t- later.